Hi everyone, Mark Connor here. It's so good to be able to join you for this special online church service for Bayside Church here in Melbourne, Australia. And so wherever you may be tuning in from, welcome today, looking forward to sharing with you. Um, it's been a pretty crazy time for all of us around the globe with this coronavirus. I uh, hope you're keeping safe and well, and thankfully, at least here in Melbourne, restrictions are starting to ease a little bit, and hopefully people are able to connect with family and friends a little bit more than we have been able to over these last couple of months. You know, the coronavirus is not only a huge health risk, but it's uh, a major social disruption with us uh, not being able to see family and friends as much or work and classmates. It's also a serious economic upheaval. I'm sure we're all uh, watching the news and probably all been affected by it in one way or another. Um, people have lost jobs, there's been reduction in hours, um, some businesses have had to close either temporarily or permanently, and especially in service areas like restaurants and cafes and hair salons and gymnasiums. Uh, large gatherings have been banned, uh, this is affecting theatre and the arts as well as churches. Uh, for investors, the share market's taken quite a dive and there's just starting to recover, hopefully. Um, rental and property prices are down. Uh, thankfully, the government is doing its very best here in Australia to help with initiatives such as Job Seeker and Job Keeper. But no doubt this lockdown is affecting all of us financially in one way or another. And so as we head towards the month of June and the end of financial year, I thought it'd be good to share a message today entitled Money Wise, Managing Your Finances in tough times. Money-wise, managing your finances in tough times. And so in our time together today, we're going to be looking at some wisdom from the book of Proverbs. Uh, the book of Proverbs is full of practical advice for smart living in every area of life, your relationships, your work, uh, handling temptation, anger, uh, thinking about the words you use, and also in the area of finance. Uh, the book of Proverbs contains general principles more than formulas or guarantees. Uh, you probably heard the modern proverb, an apple away, an, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Um, well, it's true if you eat healthily, um, you're probably going to have less medical appointments, but it doesn't mean that if you eat apples every day, you'll never see a doctor, nor does it mean that doctors don't like apples. It's a general principle uh, that if we think about our health, then it's going to affect our um, frequency at the doctor or the hospital. You know, in the same way, Proverbs has general principles. They're not guarantees, they're not formulas, but these are principles inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, through the writer's reflection over a period of time. And so I want to share a couple of principles for managing our finances in tough times from the book of Proverbs. Let's get into it. Number one is to live a life of integrity. Uh, live a life of integrity. Proverbs 22 verse 1 in the New Living Translation says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver and gold. And so as we start out, before we kind of get talking about our money, it's really important to realize that the wisdom of Proverbs tells us that who we are as a person is more important than the money or the stuff that we have. The word integrity means there's an integration between who we really are and the image that we project. Unfortunately, we live in a, a society, a culture today, where being well off financially is more important than integrity in some cases. And success is seen more by what you have than who you are. 
Many people uh, determine their self-worth by their net worth. And today's heroes are often the rich and the famous. But Proverbs would be arresting that trend and saying, hey, there's a lot more important things than money. Uh, things like love and kindness and honor and having a good name or a good reputation. You know, even if you have a little when it comes to finances, you might even be struggling or out of work. You know, if you have things like love and kindness, then you're actually better off than being really wealthy and really rich and yet lacking those wonderful qualities. And so uh, I wouldn't want to be mean and dishonest and wealthy. I'd rather be poor and not have a lot of money, but be a person who's known for their kindness and their love. So money is important, don't get me wrong. It's a means to an end, but it is not the ultimate measure of what really matters. And so Proverbs regularly would be saying who you are as a person, the character qualities you exhibit on a daily basis is far more important than the money you have in the bank. And so it's important that we get our values and our priorities right. Uh, think about who you are as a person. That's the foundation of our life. A second principle we learn for managing our finances in tough times, number two is to work diligently. Uh, Proverbs 13 verse 4 says, Lazy people want much, but they get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Again, a general principle, but the wisdom of Proverbs praises hard work, working diligently and says that if we're diligent, it'll generate income and profit. It gives us a sense of satisfaction and often leads to promotion. Uh, Proverbs, in contrast, ridicules and condemns laziness and uh, says it leads to poverty and scarcity and it never really satisfies. And so Proverbs regularly rebukes the lazy person, sometimes called lazy bones. And so from the beginning, God intended that human work is the way that we generate income. Uh, even back in Genesis, God put Adam in the garden to work it and to care for it. And so work was part of God's original intention for all of us as human beings. God himself worked in the week of creation and then he rested and rejoiced in the work that he'd accomplished. And so God gives each one of us skills and abilities and he wants us to use those for the service of others through a product or a service in exchange for income. In fact, back in the law, it said God gives us the power to get wealth. He doesn't give us wealth. He doesn't give us money. It'd be kind of nice if we woke up every morning, there was an envelope by the bed with some cash for the day. But, but no, God isn't in the money giving business. He's in the power giving business. And so each one of us have skills, abilities, talents. And as we use those for the benefit of others, then we engage and we earn income. And so the way we get the cash flowing is we work diligently uh, with the skills and abilities God has given us. And when we work well with a good attitude, it is usually rewarded. And uh, as my dad once said, the reward of work well done is often more work. And so uh, what about you? If you've got a job, then be thankful for that. It's a great way for you to receive some income for your efforts. Um, if you're out of work, maybe it's a time to rethink how you could engage your skills or abilities to be a benefit to others. I do a lot of speaking and of course with the coronavirus, I've had a lot of meetings canceled or postponed and so I'm having to work from home now. So I've had to think creatively. I'm doing some video sermons like I'm coming to you today from my home office. 
Um, I've been doing some coaching via Zoom. Uh, I also help get my dad's books out so they can be a blessing to others. I've been getting a lot of them up on PDF. And so we've all got to look for opportunity. Uh, when one door closes, we've got to look at some other ways that we can generate some income. Maybe it's selling some things. You know, we've all got clutter in our lives and maybe there's some things in your garage or your house that you're not really using. Well, put, put it up for sale. Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree or uh, eBay. There's lots of ways to sell and move some stuff on that you're really not using and see some cash coming in return. So there's lots of creative ways, but it's through diligent work as well as using our creative gifts that we generate the income side of our financial equation. A third principle from the book of Proverbs, number three, is to avoid trying to get rich quickly. Proverbs 13, 11 says, wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears, but wealth from hard work grows over time. It's a very relevant proverb. Uh, wisdom teaches us to avoid the pursuit of any activity that promises quick riches. See, God wants us to grow in maturity as our income also grows. And if you get income really quickly or really suddenly, often you don't have the maturity to handle that influx of money. Uh, this happens in gambling, particularly. Uh, someone gambles and gets a, a big windfall and studies would show that within a few years, they're often back to where they were financially. Uh, that's because getting rich quickly is diametrically opposed to God's linking of the acquisition of wealth with hard work. So we develop the character and the maturity to handle the money that we've gained. And so uh, just be on guard. There's a plethora of schemes out there promising a quick dollar and often they end in disappointment and financial loss. And so caution is the name of the game. We want to avoid uh, any scheme that's going to uh, help us get rich quickly without the character to develop the maturity through the diligent work that we engage in. Number four, fourth principle is to say no to debt. Uh, Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, Just as the rich rule over the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant or enslaved to the lender. And so Proverbs has much to say about avoiding debt. You know, debt puts a person in bondage or enslaves them to their creditor, the person or the organization that you've loaned money from. And so we, we need to be on guard. You know, advertising is an industry that exists to make us unhappy with what we have now and to sell us the idea that if we buy something new or something better, then life is going to be uh, much better as a result. And so this often leads to what we call impulse buying. And come on, we're all vulnerable to this. Some of us just the sight of the word sale, our heart gets beating or two for the price of one. As I've said over the years, uh, uh, women are more prone to impulse buying than men. They do it more frequently. But before uh, all the women yell at the TV or computer screen today, men do it with larger amounts. <laughs> come on, guys, you know, that, that new TV or that uh, new boat you're looking at buying is probably going to stretch the budget more than that extra pair of shoes that your partner may have purchased. Uh, my point is society encourages us to go into debt and actually makes it pretty easy to do so. And so we have to be careful. Say no to debt. Now, sometimes debt can be wise if we're using it uh, for an appreciating, appreciating asset. For instance, if you take a loan to buy a house, hopefully the house is going to grow in value over time. So you've leveraged your debt 
or you might take a loan to start up a, a good business opportunity. Uh, this is using debt to your advantage. But you know, if you take a loan to go on holiday or for a car or something else, then the thing you're using the, the debt for is depreciating in value rather than increasing in value. And so we've got to be careful because debt can put us under a lot of pressure. It can take away our peace. It can take away our joy. And when we're spending more than we're earning, we're really in trouble. And so say no to more debt. And if you're under a whole mountain of debt right now, then it's okay to ask for help. Get some advice. Maybe you need to consolidate your debts or apply new income to that debt. Say no to more debt. Uh, get some help. Maybe you need to make some lifestyle changes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, verse uh, chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Better is one handful with tranquility or peace than two handfuls, twice as much with all the stress that comes with it. And so sometimes we're better to have less stuff and not have the mountain of debt that comes with the more and the extra. And so be on guard against the dangers of destructive debt. Number five, a couple more. Number five is to say yes to savings. Yes to savings. Proverbs 21 verse 20 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish person devours all they have. What an amazingly wise proverb this is. It was written a couple of thousand years ago, but how relevant is it for today? In the house of the wise, I think we'd all lift our hands and say, yep, yeah, want to be smart. In the house of the wise, there are stores, savings, stores of choice food and oil. But a foolish person, none of us want to be foolish, a foolish person devours or uses all they have. They have no savings. And so wisdom says, prepare for the future through establishing a savings and investment plan. If you're involved in business, I'm sure you'd be aware that a good guideline is to have three or four months savings uh, at any time. And if you've done that as a business owner or even in your personal finances, then this coronavirus, it's, it's a terrible time, but you've got some savings to help you weather a few months of this financial storm we're in. But if you've got no savings, it's, it's much more difficult to handle the economic upheaval that we're in. And so have a savings plan. Uh, it's foolish to spend all that you've earned. Uh, saving is making provision for tomorrow. In fact, uh, in another chapter in the book of Proverbs, it talks about the ants who during the summer, during harvest time, they save up extra so that when winter comes, uh, when there's an economic downturn in Ansylvania, they've got some stores, some savings. You know, ants are very small, little heads, little brains, but they're very smart. Uh, us humans are big. We've got big brains, big bodies, but sometimes we're not as smart as the ants because we haven't saved anything. And so make a decision to start being a steady saver and then have the discipline to do it consistently. Just plodding steadily, a little at a time, spending less than you earn and saving and investing the distance the difference over a long period of time. If you do this, then you'll be financially free and you can have the joy and the freedom there is from not having a mountain of debt and living within your means. So financial freedom takes time. It takes effort. It's being faithful in the little things. And so Proverbs would be saying, say yes to savings. Say no to debt if at all possible and say yes to savings. And if we can just live on a little less than we're earning, our expenses are lower than our 
income, then we're saving and investing. And there's a financial freedom that comes with that and a lot of joy and a lot of peace. The opposite is true is if we're spending more than we're earning, then we're going into debt, the debt's growing. And as a result, there's stress, there's pressure, our joy is taken away and we're all affected by that personally as well as those around about us. Final thought from the book of Proverbs for our time today is to be a generous giver. Be a generous giver. Proverbs 11 verses 24 to 25 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy or tight-fisted and lose everything. The generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so Proverbs encourages us also to be generous givers. Uh, it doesn't say wait till you're wealthy and then start to give. It says go, go, go ahead now. Come on, prove God, trust God, be a generous, open-handed person. Refresh others, bless others, be generous to others. And if you do so, you start a flow where God uh, responds and he blesses you and he flows more resources into your life. And so generous giving is a key to further financial blessing, not the result of it. And so wisdom teaches us not to wait until we've got a, a lot of money to start giving, but to be faithful in our giving now. In God we trust. Our, our trust isn't in money. We trust in God and we want to operate in faith rather than in fear. And particularly in a, an environment like today, there's a lot of fear. And so if we've got a scarcity mentality, we can kind of want to hang on and make sure that we've got enough for ourselves. And in being stingy and tight-fisted, we can actually miss out on the financial blessing God has for us. And so we need to have not a scarcity mentality, but an abundant mentality that God has all the resources that we need. And as we're generous, as we give, as we flow to others, God will keep flowing all that we need into our lives. And so we look to give, give to the work of the church and its ministry, give to people around you, uh, give to opportunities where you can be a blessing to others. Uh, in the month of June, every year at Bayside is uh, a, a chance for what's called a first fruits offering. And these are some great opportunities to be a blessing to those around about us in the church and in our community. And so I encourage you, it's a tough time financially. You kind of think, oh, don't have to do that this year. Well, no, this is a great opportunity for us to trust God. It's a great opportunity for us to grow spiritually because giving is a spiritual growth opportunity. And so as you look at these various um, opportunities in this year's First Roots offering, I want to encourage you, even if you've got a little, be a generous person. Uh, God blesses those who are generous, those who help other people. You know, the, the Good Samaritan, you've probably heard of the Good Samaritan, uh, the priest and the Levite, they were busy getting off to a meeting somewhere and they walked past the man who had been robbed by the side of the road. But the, the Good Samaritan stopped. He not only had compassion, but he'd saved some resources. He had a donkey. <laughs> he was able to put the man on his own um, transport and took him to the inn and paid to meet his needs. And so if there's any issues, I'll fix you up when I come back. Can you notice that the Good Samaritan should be commended not just for the compassion, but for the good financial management? And as we say no to debt, as we say yes to savings, as we um, work diligently, then not only are we moved emotionally, here's a great opportunity, but we've got the resources. And so 
Um, I pray that you'll be able to do that this year. And if not this year, that you'll be able to do so next year because of the decisions, the, the decisions and the changes you make in your financial world even today. See, all these principles are interrelated as we uh, watch destructive debt, as we choose to save, as we take advantage of giving opportunities. All these things work together for money to not be a ruler in our life, but a servant to the values that are really important to each one of us. I believe God wants us to have money. Nothing wrong with money. Uh, He just doesn't want money to have us because riches can be a, a threat to our relationship with God. Money's not the problem, it's our attitude towards it. Money is essential for survival, meeting our needs and the needs of others. Uh, God is very interested in our money matters, but he wants to make sure that our attitude to money is appropriate. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. He wants to meet your needs. He also wants to bless the church and uh, make sure that we can continue to be good news to the world around about you. And so there's a few thoughts for you today from the book of Proverbs for managing your finances in tough times to be money wise. Number one, be a person of integrity. There's a lot more important stuff than money. Think about who you are, not just what you have. Number two, work diligently. As you're able, how can you use your gifts, your abilities, your skills to be a blessing in exchange for income? Number three, avoid get-rich-quick schemes. There's lots of them out there. Just be careful, be cautious. Number four, say no to debt. And if you've got a lot of debt, get a plan to gradually reduce that. It's not going to happen overnight. If it took a long time to get there, uh, it's going to take a while of disciplined action to get out from under that destructive debt. And number five, say yes to savings. And number six, be a generous giver. And so what about you today? Uh, maybe you're doing great with all of these principles. And if so, I'd say, well done. Well done. Fantastic. I want to commend you today. Uh, maybe you're just doing okay. Got a few of those happening, but a few not really happening. Well, uh, keep going. Keep heading in the right direction. You know, you can't go back and change the past, but you can make decisions today that will affect the trajectory of your life tomorrow. Or finally, maybe you're in extreme difficulty in this financial area. Uh, Please don't go it alone. Get some help. Make a call. Chat to a pastor. Get some financial advice. Make some decisions today that will affect the future direction of your life. And so I pray today that uh, these few thoughts from the inspired Word of God will help you in your financial world during this time. Let's pray together. Dear God, this is a pretty crazy time with this coronavirus pandemic. It's affected us health-wise. It's also having an impact socially, but we acknowledge the financial impact uh, of what's happening on the economy, but but also on us personally. As I pray for everyone joining us for today's Bayside uh, church service, Lord, that you would give them opportunities to serve and be a blessing to others. You'd give them creative ideas. Uh, You'd help them to come up with innovative uh, products and services, ways that we can be a blessing to the world and generate income for our lives. Uh, Help us to be wise in our expenditure, to have the wisdom to say no, to show restraint, to live within our means, uh, to simplify, to minimize where possible. And I pray also you'd help all of us to continue to be generous givers. And for this year's Bayside First Fruit Offering, I pray this would be a wonderful offering that would not only bring pleasure to you, joy to your heart through the generous donations, but also have a, a huge impact 
in extending the mission and vision of Bayside Church. And so I pray over our offering for this coming June that we'll all be generous givers. And as a result, you'll bless us. It'll be a time of great joy, a time of great spiritual growth. We ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been great to share with you today. Stay well, stay safe. God bless you.